Welcome to the Talking Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Will Cheshire. And in this podcast, I speak with impact-driven founders and share their real-time stories about how their solution has a positive impact on society. This is a show for founders, investors, and all individuals looking for some positivity and optimism as you hear from people working hard to help better our society and our planet. You can expect to learn about some awesome new products and services in this show that will bring you more hope in our quest to solve some of society's biggest issues. Let's dive in to this week's episode of the Talking Solutions Podcast. We're discussing women's health with Elise Orthwine in this episode of the Talking Solutions Podcast. Elise is the co-founder and CEO of the fast-growing startup Cheeky Bonsai. Cheeky Bonsai is pushing the stigma aside when discussing women's health, doing so through education and also through their UTI products and period patches. Women's health has been an area I've explored a couple of times recently as it's a fast-growing sector in the investment world with lots of room for growth. Growing up, it was something that was a bit taboo to discuss, but we're seeing a positive trend in the openness amongst people to discuss and invest in women's health tech startups. In this episode, you'll learn more about Cheeky Bonsai, the stigma surrounding women's health, and how to get products that work for UTIs and people going through periods. So without further ado, let's jump into this week's episode with Elise Orthwine of Cheeky Bonsai. It's another edition of the Talking Solutions podcast and Elise Orthwine, the CEO and co-founder of Cheeky Bonsign, joining me today. And Elise, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Will? I'm doing all right. I'm excited to finally sit down and, and record this episode with you. I know we've talked about it for a long time, so it should be uh, pretty fun, huh? Yes. Yes. Really excited to finally be able to chat. And Elise, one of the things that we want to just kind of jump into right away is define kind of that problem. So what is the problem that you are uh, solving for and Cheeky Bonsai is solving for? For for Catherine and, and myself, my co-founder, we, we wanted to start Cheeky Bonsai because we wanted everyone to be informed about vaginal and sexual health without the shame. Um, so there's just, there's, there's so much shame and sort of insecurity and manipulation around women's bodies. Um, uh, women have all these legacy brands that sort of reinforce that shame. Um, you know, their, their grandmother's uh, products essentially that haven't really changed in that, in that period of time. Um, that reinforce the shame that women feel around their bodies and their health. Um, and we just want to put everything out there. We want to flip the conversation on its head and make everyday women's health unapologetic um, uh, in terms of products that can sit on your bathroom counter and conversations that you can have just you know out in the open um, without any apologies. Yeah, that's fantastic. And something that I really admire about your business as well is that it's kind of two parts. You kind of have this educational aspect of your company where you've blown up on TikTok over 500,000 followers, 20,000 roughly on Instagram. And, and it's a lot of that educational and purpose. And like you said, just eliminating kind of that stigma, which I think is great. And then you also have your product side, which is actually like a tangible solution and benefit. Yeah. And and the you know the the education side and just sort of that, the the idea of really reinventing sex ed for Gen Z, for this next generation, um, you know, of women and, and, and people with vaginas. Um, and so that's, that's the real, you know, guiding, guiding force behind what we're doing. And, and, um, you know, we're making the products as a way to, as a reinforcement of that, um, um, of the, the new sort of education that we're, we're offering. Um, and it's, it, it's it's because fundamentally women's health has often felt like it doesn't really trust women to make the best decisions for their bodies, um, and sometimes it's an oversimplica- 
oversimplification. Otherwise, it's an outright manipulation for profit. Um, and and so why we really want to tie those things together, the education and the product, is because, one, we want to put all that education out there so that women can make the best decisions for their bodies. Um, and then when it comes to the actual products, you know, we, we want to make it clear that we're never, you know, like all of these brands in the past that have preyed on women's insecurities by promoting things like douching or scented products or, um, you know, the, the overuse of, of boric acid suppositories, all these things that sort of disrupt that, 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 that women have been told, oh, this is something that you should be doing for vaginal health, but actually, um, uh, are, are, are sort of profit manipulations. We, we want to make products that are really, uh, based in science and that, um, um, that really treat women in a way that they're entirely informed about their health and decisions they're making. Yeah, wonderful. Absolutely. And I definitely want to go into a little bit more detail on the products that you all kind of provide and are selling out there for it. But before we kind of get into that solution and, and kind of what that means for women and how that can kind of empower them as well, I'd be curious to, as well to kind of, because I know you're, you're a big part of your target audience is, is Gen Z, kind of that younger generation and, and things of that nature as well. I'd be curious as, as you being a millennial on that front and then even beforehand, what you've kind of seen just in your lifetime with the evolution of talk around women's health and stigma. I obviously, <laughs> I'm a guy, you know, I don't, <laughs> I don't think about that stuff all as often. And I will ad admit, you know, sometimes it makes me uncomfortable, which is changing. And obviously I'm working on because it shouldn't, you know, it, that shouldn't be the case. But what have you kind of seen, say, in the last, I mean, growing up and then seeing where women's health kind of was? And then now, at least what I've seen in some of the conversations I've had is that's kind of revolutionizing and people are kind of flipping it on its head with companies like yourselves and some other companies out there as well. What do you kind of what have you kind of seen within the last few years of kind of growth in that department? I mean, it's it's just it's changed so much. Um, and part of the, you know, the the real shift has really, you know, a big part of the real shift has played out on TikTok, um, which is why we started creating content on TikTok. Actually, we, we launched as a brand on TikTok before we launched any product. Um, because we saw a shift in how um, and how women were talking about their everyday health in a way that was completely unapologetic, you know, with hashtags like badge talk trending. Um, and and it just it just really felt like uh, that, you know, this next generation of women is, is just tired of the shame um, and is completely comfortable putting putting everything out there. Um, and and. Um, you know, we, we know that a lot of these things aren't being taught in school, but um, it's the, the conversations are still happening elsewhere. Um, and and and, you know, they're I, they're they're probably not happening at home either. So they're really it's it's just um, it's just sort of this this new wave of um, of very open conversations that's happening on social media, really. Um and and so we thought, okay, like this is this is super interesting, um, but there's no uh, science-backed women's health brand to help guide this conversation in a way to make sure that it's um, you know based based in facts and um, and so with that, that's that's sort of how we came up with this hypothesis to start um, really creating um, content and and the brand um, on TikTok first, but. But yeah, I mean, I just say the the conversation has totally shifted from 
shifted from uh, the millennial to the, you know, to the to the Gen Z demographic. Yeah. And, and within that, what type of challenges are there within having a women's health startup? You know, I was fortunate enough to speak with a, a woman named Melinda Moore, who does a lot of kind of investment in women's health with the Coyote Ventures and things of that nature. And, you know, she shared some facts and a few things that, you know, kind of surprised me. They made a lot of sense. But, you know, a lot of it is, you know, men have been for the longest time responsible for top of VCs and investing decisions. Obviously, men historically and generally speaking, don't think about the issues that women have, right? And so what have you seen in terms of the challenges and what have you learned as a, as a founder in the, in the women's health kind of startup field since you've uh, taken on this venture? What we've found in the process, you know, it's like, or if you just look at sort of the invest, the femtech investment trends historically, um, a lot of the funding has been focused on fertility, um, you know, but women's health is about so much more than just having babies. Um, there's obviously a lot of money in that in that business, and and that demographic has a lot to spend. Um, but but sort of the rest of, of of women's health has sort of been left in the dust. Um, thinking about these everyday, um, you know, vaginal care products in the in the feminine care aisle, and and so uh, you know these. Uh, it, it, it's it's just interesting. I think part of that ties back to, you know, guys are probably more more likely to be involved in a lot of these fertility conversations that maybe they empathize with it through their wives or you know whatever it is. And 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 so I think just, um, but seeing that there there's definitely been a huge shift in um, in awareness of these other everyday women's health pro- uh, problems over the past couple of years where. Um, you know, it's sort of like, oh, wait, there's a lot there's a lot more beyond this. And and this is all a massive opportunity. Yeah. Within that as well, when you kind of talk about the awareness and you mentioned earlier, TikTok and the short form content and, and creation of that nature as well and how they just don't care on that front, too. It's like, hey, we can talk about this. There's nothing weird about it. I mean, this is normal. So let's let's talk about it. Let's embrace it. How much how much do you think general media kind of plays a part of it as well? Because I've also noticed in, in music and in, in pop culture and movies that women's health is also starting to get seen on TV or on movies or in music a little bit more as well. How much do you think that kind of helps guide the process and, and improves it in addition to kind of the short form content with creators on TikTok and Instagram, et cetera? No, I mean, it definitely helps. And there's there's been there's been an infusion of of these, you know, um, everyday women's health topics from you know, UTIs to sexual health in, um, in shows. And actually there was even an episode in, um, um, in succession where I, I forget the name of the, the, the patriarch, he gets a UTI and starts imagining like a cat, uh, this, this like imaginary cat beneath his chair and he's not able to make these, like these incredible, you know, um, uh, board decisions that he, that he's needed for. And so anyway, I, I think it's sort of, it, it, it all of these, um, all of these health problems are becoming sort of more pervasive in in media, and and that's definitely advancing the conversation, um, um, you know, ac- across the board. And you think about like some early examples of this with the show Girls, um, and uh, and obviously there's you know the the, the sex ed, um, um, the sex ed show, and so 
it's um it's definitely a huge shift yeah yeah it's definitely a, a big kind of conversation moving forward too that i'm seeing it in more popularized you know you mentioned a couple shows the sex education show even in the uk you know and things of that nature that's kind of going on and, and breaching a lot of those topics so i think that that's kind of great too and within that too because a lot of these are the products right so it's the education and it's kind of breaking the taboo and making it more comfortable for people to talk about you know getting over to the facts so i don't feel uncomfortable right and getting it through my you know little thick skull that this should be normal i shouldn't be weirded out about it right we want guys to be a part of this conversation um because it sh- it should be something you know everyone should know about about women's health and whether it's they're supporting a partner or you know it's it's just there it, it's not it's not a one sided um, issue it's something that we should all be informed about um, and and so education across the, this is really education for everyone and so. Uh, that's that's something that that we always like to keep in mind. Yeah, and you took the question right from me. That's exactly where I was kind of going to lead to it on that next question on that front. So perfect, very well done. I, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> that's what makes the conversation flow. There's boom, boom, excellent, and, and that's a hundred percent true, right? I mean, it's whether whether it's a partner, whether it's a mom, a sister, or you know, there's some type of issue that goes down in there, or a disease that's something you know, it, you want to be able to open to support and feel like that you can chat about it, right? Sometimes you don't know the people in your life things of that nature. Maybe you're a, you know, somebody who has all brothers, you know, and you want to be able to talk to them and it should be kind of open in that sense too, on that front or, or vice versa, maybe uh, single dads or something of that nature too. So opening that up in conversation. Um, one of the things you do too, and on a daily basis is talking about these products that help for other aspects that, you know, aren't necessarily for fertility issues and things of that nature, uh, whether it be UTIs, whether it be uh, patches for cramps and things of that nature. Why do you think it's been challenging in the past to have these types of products and get high, good quality products and, or at least getting a, an abundance of choice from it. I think it's, it's, it's just, uh, you know, there, there's kind of been like, uh, a, a standard of, of, of care around like, Oh, if you get a UTI, just like chug cranberry juice. Um, you know, which is actually, you know, then a lot of women actually end up picking up cranberry cocktail, which ends up making their UTIs worse because it's loaded with sugar and, and is, is just not that helpful in, um, in helping with UTIs. And so there's just been like a sort of um, a, a lot of like, you know, wives tales and, and sort of uh, beating around the bush, so to speak. Um, and so as a result, just women just haven't gotten the information that they've, that they've needed. Like maybe they're embarrassed to have some of these conversations with, um, with their doctors or their providers. Um, there's been stigma around UTIs. Like, you know, what we've had to do a lot of education around is that a, a UTI is not an STI. Um, uh, you know, we've heard stories of, of um, guys who've broken up with their girlfriends because they thought they were dirty for getting a UTI. Um, and so like that kind of stuff, like imagine, you know, it's it, it just, it, there's just been a lot of, um, a lot of shame and a lot of stigma around, um, um, you know, around either thinking that UTIs are dirty or that periods are dirty, um, you know, that guys want nothing to do with the conversation. And, and so it's, it's, it's just really a, an entire um, reframing and just understanding that these things are, are normal and that they, you know, um, they, it's, it's really um, just a, a part of, of being a woman, a part of having a vagina. Um, uh, you know, that women are actually biologically, we have shorter urethras. So that's why we're just more prone to get, to getting UTIs than guys. Um, and, uh, and then periods are obviously just a fact of life. So, 
Um, it's, uh, it's just sort of that unfolding of thinking about these things as, uh, you know, as, as things that we're all going through, as opposed to being buried in, in the shame or this idea that, that women are dirty because they're going through them. Right. And that's where that education pairs directly with the products, because now you're making it, you know, getting rid of those wise tales where chuck some cranberry juice and that's only making it worse and things of that nature. Or, uh, you know, you hear the terrible stories where a boyfriend or whomever it might be breaks up just because of something like you said and dirty. So that's where the and then the products can kind of come in. And I'd love to hear more about your products specifically. What is it about the Cheeky Bonsai products that make them so great and effective and, and are really an asset for women out there uh, to kind of use? So elaborate on number one, the products that you have and, and how they serve uh, women. Let's take a quick time out to talk about this week's book recommendation. And this week, I'm talking about The Millionaire Next Door by Thomas J. Stanley. The Millionaire Next Door is a comprehensive study of America's millionaires and the surprising traits that they all share, and they might be different than what you would believe. I found this book to be fascinating because it details how people accumulate wealth and how they manage their money most importantly. And in a consumer-centric world where marketing tells us to buy, buy, and buy, it's refreshing to learn how the wealthy manage their money so they don't spend it on things that aren't valuable to them. An example is not buying a car if you can't afford it, or buying more generic clothing instead of brand clothing, and not falling into the trap of keeping up with the Joneses. I recommend the book for anyone interested in learning more about the best practices to manage Manage your money. It is very valuable, especially in today's world. So let's jump back into this week's episode with Elise Orthwine of Cheeky Bonsai. First launched with um, with three products in the UTI care space. And just crazily to give a little bit of context on, on UTIs, uh, 50% of women are affected by UTIs in their lifetime, and then one in five women actually get recurring UTIs. This is a massive, you know, it's 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 a massive problem. There's also uh, like like in terms of the emergency room visits, like it's one of the top reasons for an emergency room visit in the US um, in terms of like, you know, infections and getting a UTI. Um and and so we we actually we we brought on a, a medical advisor from from Harvard and Mass General. Um, she's a urogynecologist, so we've worked with her on the in the development um, in the development of our UTI products. And we launched with our Bye Bye UTI, which is our hero um, our hero product, and it's a super concentrated um, hibiscus lemonade uh, flavored drink mix that helps uh, naturally. Uh, prevent um, UTIs, and it's a blend of D-mannose and cranberry that that effectively eliminates bad bacteria from your urinary tract. Um, and so, the latest research has shown that this combination of of the D-mannose and cranberry um, is is really stronger in um, in helping to flush out and, and keep urinary keeping your urinary tract free of bacteria. Um, and and so and it's it's um, it's also packed with electrolytes and antioxidants, and it's just a simple thing that you mix into a glass of water and keeps you hydrated and um, keeps you on your merry way. Yeah, so it does the opposite of cranberry juice with the high sugar and dehydrates <laughs> yeah, you and doesn't give too. you those electrolytes. It's no sugar. Uh, we really also worked you know, on the, on the flavor for a long time and has a really nice refreshing um, flavor. So it's something that you really can take. Um, on a daily basis, you know, depending on the support that you need. Um, and then the, you, you can find our, um, our Bye Bye UTI in Target stores. We're, we're super excited to be able to launch with, with Target, and they've been um, a wonderful partner. And uh, we also sell our UTI test strips and our UTI 
uh, pain relief tablets um, online and on Target online. And those, so the, the the test strips just give you a quick test to see if you know you you have a UTI and that's something you can call your doctor um, to share the results with. Um, and then the UTI pain relief tablets just provide um, really fast relief from the burning and the urgency that you get um, when you have a UTI. It feels really like things are on fire. Um, so we've launched with those with those products, and then most recently uh, we've just launched our uh, what we're what we're really thinking about as period care 2.0 um, uh, with our patches. So they're these really cute heart shaped patches. Um, we have our, our Soothe Me patches that provide relief. They're, they're menthol patches that provide relief from period cramps. Um, and um, they, they give you strong relief for up to eight hours. Um, and you just put it, you know, below your belly button, wherever you're feeling the strong cramps. They can also be used for back aches. Um, and it's a, a combination of menthol, um, capsaicin, black cohosh, um, and, and they're lavender scented as well. And then we also have launched um, our Mood Queen patches, um, which are these hormone balancing patches to help regulate uh, mood swings um, throughout your entire cycle. So they sort of give you a little pick-me-up, a calm um, pick-me-up and um um, and an energy boost when you need it. And those are powered by caffeine and ashwagandha, B12 and chaseberry. So the, and the idea behind the, the patches is that we really wanted to take these moments where you're feeling kind of, you know, you're feeling crummy, you're feeling whether you're PMSing or whatever it is, you're, you're just, you're, you're taking that moment to really reframe it and thinking about it as a, as a time of self-care and of self-love, you know, as you're going through uh, all of the hormonal shifts. Yeah, they sound wonderful. And, and and how did you all just kind of is was that just kind of a source of just getting some information and hearing amongst peers and people you know of as a personal like I, I mean, how do you kind of come up with your product ideas and approach your kind of product strategy and of what types of things you want to develop? So we're really, we're really, really closely listening to our community. That's, that's always been huge for us. Um, and, you know, with, with our uh, half a million followers on TikTok, like just diving into those conversations into the comments. Um, figuring out where, you know, where, where the opportunities are to really provide, take these products that, that just fundamentally need to be reimagined and, you know, the education piece that goes with it, of course. But yeah, it's really about listening to, listening to our community and just also seeing like, you know, what, what's, what's on the shelf today and how can these, how can we really start to remake these these products as as really lifestyle products that shift this from just a you know like a a boring health conversation to something that's much more than that that really makes health a lifestyle makes health you know all of these things an act of of self care and of love as opposed to something that just feels sterile and and unrelatable. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to talk to you a little bit more about kind of the TikTok and, and the Instagram and social media and stuff. You mentioned earlier, you know, you launched before the products and you have this brand and and it's taken off. I mean, as you've mentioned before, over five hundred thousand. You have around twenty thousand on Instagram and and followers in that nature. Just tell us a little bit behind that journey, and you know, and, and behind that kind of thought process when you when you and Catherine first kind of in, embarked on this journey to create this brand and the feedback that you're getting and how quickly you've blown up. I don't have any idea, I guess, of of percentage and percentile numbers, but I have to imagine with five hundred plus thousand, you're in the top ten, top five percentile of of brands and TikTok. Uh, 
people of that nature with that many followers. So I'd love to hear kind of that journey and then how you've gotten to the point you're at now. TikTok is a, is, has, has really been a wild ride for us, but, but we just, we really had this strong hypothesis that, you know, we could, um, we could help guide the conversation on TikTok, just given the trends that we were seeing there, you know, there was actually some crazy stuff going on, like, like trends, like people sticking eye ice cubes up their vaginas and like that kind of stuff. you know you're just like obviously there's a lot of energy here but like some of it what? feels a little, a little bit misguided <laughs> and uh and and so we're like how can we like th- like we want to be in on this dialogue um and and we think that we can do it in a way that shifts the narrative you know away from urinate after intercourse to like, let's just say pee after sex and, and let's do this all in a way that feels, um, it just feels like you're talking to, um, either an older sister or, you know, just just someone you trust that's, that's really relatable. Um, and, and so for us, it was just like, it was, it was that intuition and then, and then just starting to create content. Um, and, um, all different kinds of content. And then very quickly, we just, we just took off. So it was, um, it was just, you know, the hypothesis, then a lot of experimentation and then, and then bam. So we were, it, it, it was, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, I want to say like anything on TikTok is a little bit unpredictable, but once you start to understand, once, once you start to really understand your niche and your, your sort of, um, um, you know, your way of relating to your community, um, then you can get it down to a bit of a science um, because you've um, you 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 know the type of content that that you know that that performs with your audience and um, and obviously TikTok's algorithm and all of that is is constantly changing and you have to you have to sort of be on your toes, um, but it's uh, you know it's really at first just figuring out like how, like, what is my niche? Like, what is my specific angle? And, um, and then trying, trying a lot of different experiments to, to really nail it from there. Yeah. And what's been the feedback that you've been getting from your followers and your community uh, on both, you know, TikTok, on Instagram, in real life? Well, I don't know if that's the right word to say real life. I mean, it's still TikTok and Instagram, but, you know, amongst the, amongst the people you talk to, you know, whether you're going to networking events, whether you're going to startup founders, things of that nature and in your community target, tell us a little bit about the feedback you're kind of getting, not only about the products, but about what you're doing in your mission as well. It, what's what's amazing to me right now is like it, you know you talk to like the the average like sixteen to you know to to twenty two year old who's on TikTok and she's probably been exposed to cheeky bonsai, um, so just the the sort of breadth there and the reach is 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 shocking. You know, just in that we're as a brand we're only a year old. We just celebrated our first birthday, and we already have that sort of um, national reach. I mean. It, we have international reach as well, but the majority of our audience is in the U.S. Um, and and even hearing things like you know like your story that you shared with me about when you were working on our, our website and and a, a girl like leaned over and was like, "Hey, is that cheeky bonsai?" <laughs> like I hear stories, <laughs> I hear stories like that, you know, all the time. Um, and 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 so uh, that that's just that's that's been incredible. Um, and, and the feedback that we've gotten from, from our community is like, is, is just that, you know, they, they love 
sort of the way we're breaking down these taboos and like and talking about these things that that might have felt weird or shameful and we're doing it in a way that's that's flirty that's fun that's relatable that's you know that's that's everything that that um a woman can be you know it doesn't have to be dry and and sterile and um um and uh uh you know just boring for lack of a better word um so i would say like our our community is very um very supportive of the way we've approached this conversation um and 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 really builds us up in 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 our comments and um you know, we, we have had some instances where, you know, people have commented like, oh, this is like embarrassing or like this is cringe or, you know, whatever. And then our community comes in and they're like, well, actually, they're just educating on women's health. And uh, <laughs> and so just to like to see that to see that support is um, is really great. I mean, you're always going to have people who do that. Right. I mean, and, and most of the things you're in, it happens to me sometimes on, on my podcast and things of that nature. And, and, and it's always going to be there. You know, and cringe is cringe is because it makes people uncomfortable, right? And so this is something people need to get comfortable with. So they should overcome that kind of cringeness uh, as well on that front. And at least I'd love to to kind of ask you a little bit too about, you know, sometimes, unfortunately, you know, there are still, you know, women out there today that do feel like a little uncomfortable to express themselves and kind of talk about this as well on that front. And then obviously that's continuing to change and move in a positive direction. But what tips would you kind of have for women to get a better understanding of their health and, and to kind of get the, the confidence to to feel like they can express this to their partner or, or things of that nature? So personal and everyone's, um, you know, everyone's on their journey and feeling and, and how they relate to their health and how they talk about their health. And what the, the first place to start is just really educating yourself. Um, and that doesn't need to happen, you know, that doesn't need to happen publicly. That can, um, you know, if you, if you follow us, like, um, you, you, you'll, you'll just start to pick up, you know, it, it's just, it's just starting to, to, to build that knowledge base. Um, and then, you know, it, it's just being, being vulnerable and starting to share, starting to share these things with, with a partner or, uh, or, you know, really sort of, you know, bringing these things up with your doctor, like, um, once, once you, I think once you start with the education, you feel a lot better equipped to, to navigate conversations because you know, you know what you're talking about. Um, and, and so I, I, I think that that's the natural progression. And on the flip side of that, you talked earlier about, you want, you know, men and, and, and boys, guys to be a part of this conversation as well. And, and to kind of, you know, be part of this mission and move it forward, which I think is, is an important part. And I think it's, well, and quite frankly, I think it's something that holds it back a little bit is that you still have kind of those men who will come out and, and, uh, you know, say some bad things and say, oh, this isn't it. A woman shouldn't talk about this and blah, 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 and yada, yada. So what tips do you have for men and, and whatnot to get themselves more comfortable to kind of, um, put it in front of them so that they don't get cringed out or they don't feel uncomfortable or they don't tense up or anything of that nature when it comes up, what types of uh, tips would you have for, for guys out there? Let's take a quick pause to talk about some women's health podcasts that I recommend that you give a shot and listen to. So number one is Women's Health Unplugged. Average episode length is about 35 minutes. And of course, it's available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And it's on a mission to inform women about their health so that they can feel empowered. Body Stuff with Jen Gunter is about a 30-minute podcast. And this one is a myth-busting source for all thing health that you have been waiting for. The Feel Good Podcast, 45-minute average episode length. This one focuses a lot on spirituality, beauty, nutrition, 
and yoga as some of the wellness topics covered. Fertility Friday Radio. This one a little bit longer and it's 50 minutes and this one goes into reproductive health, specifically holistic practices. And The Balanced Black Girl is about 60 minutes in average length and it is creating a safe space for black women to have honest conversations about self-care, self-love and overall well-being. The birthday skin, a little bit shorter. This one, about 20 to 30 minutes. And this one is all about skincare, pursuing health. This one, an hour to an hour and a half in listening length. And this one it talks a lot about health and fitness for indigenous communities as well. And they will talk about top CrossFit competitors and professional health experts. Move your DNA. This is 30 to 60 minutes, of course, available on all major platforms as well. And this one talks about the importance of moving and how that can be great for your health. As a woman, a 40-minute podcast. And in this one, it talks a lot about fertility with physician Dr. Natalie Crawford, who hosts the podcast. And the TED Health, these ones are quick hitters, about 10 minutes long. And of course, TED Health has information from a variety of topics, whether that is Alzheimer's prevention, mental health, sleep, women's health, and many, many more. So check out those podcasts and let's jump back into this podcast where you can also get more information around women's health as well with Elise Orthwine of Cheeky Bonsai. You know, first of all, I want to say, like, I don't, I haven't heard, and maybe it's because um, I'm, uh, I have a vaginal health startup, but <laughs> I, I don't hear a lot of guys saying stuff like that, like, oh, you know, this is whatever. Uh, I don't want to talk about this. Like, um, <laughs> but I know certainly those conversations <laughs> do happen. Um, and, and, um, you know, part of it, I think, is, is just, um, um, meeting, meeting people sort of where they are, um, a bit and, and, um, you know, helping them feel like if things, things kind of, when, when things feel too forced in a conversation, like, I, I don't think that, you know, it, it it's going to move it along productively. Um, so I think it's, I think it's just like figuring out the the right balance of like, oh, okay. Like I can, you know, even like that's why it's 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 something as subtle as um, changing the packaging, um, like with with our products and how they can sit out on bathroom counters. Like, you know, you look at some of the legacy brands and how they talk about vaginal health and vaginas, you know, and automatically that's going to just like make you think, oh, like, you know, is something almost like the, the automatic reaction is like, is something wrong, you know? Um, and and so like for for us, it's just like, you know, we, we really want to help guide that conversation and make everyone feel comfortable that like, there's nothing wrong here. This is just, this is just part of being a woman, part of having a vagina. Um, but in, yeah, in, in, in terms of, in terms of guys, like I'd really say, you know, just educating yourself too, you know, and, and, and sort of finding ways that, um, um, that, that you can do that, that, that feel, the um sort of the best fit for you um and then and then also actively asking your partner questions and um and making efforts to to sort of um to support them um because maybe you know if if no one's saying anything like you know the the conversation isn't going to happen and 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 so um you can you can just take you you can take the first step too so that's that's what I would give, uh, you know, 
as advice for a partner. Love it. Fantastic advice. Thank you. Hit the nail on the head as well. Just listening to your partner on that front too is going to be super helpful. Following Cheeky Bonsai on social media as well will be helpful on that front to get that educational content. And then, uh, of course, as, and, and as you mentioned before too, you know, I definitely think specifically with the younger generations, you know, this is this is not as much of an issue as it has been historically in the past with some of the older generations and just the way society was right like i think uh, men and guys and and boys and you know whatever are are a lot more open to to that conversation now so i think as we continue to grow from a societal perspective and things of that nature we'll continue to see that as a problem less and less but at least to, to kind of move things along a little bit i would love to hear about what you've kind of learned the most as a startup founder, uh, since you've done this, to me, your startup is unique in the sense that you kind of blew up, you know, very quickly. And it was kind of, I imagine a lot of scrambling and trying to figure out how to do things and find out where the parts fit and things of that nature. So what have you learned the most throughout your journey as a, as a founder, specifically in the, in the women's health tech space? I would say the, the biggest thing is, is that, you know, just, it's just a lot of like, pushing through to, to make, to make things happen like that, that it's just, you know, a lot of people are going to tell, you no. a lot of people are going to say, you know, whatever it is. And, um, or that like, oh, well, you're not going to be in retail for, you know, five years. First, you have to build it out this way. And then, and only then, you know, and, and, and we were able, we were able to get into target, you know, very, very quickly. And and so it, it's just, um, really as a founder, like really, believing that, um, you know, that, that just to never take no for an answer, um, and that you can always sort of will things, um, you know, if you, if you, if you really push on them, that, that doors do always open, um, if you, if you keep pushing. Um, and so just like, you know, uh, sorry about that. Um, getting that, you know, that, that, that's just been, that's just been an incredible thing to see, um, and to, um, you know, to, to learn through, through what we've experienced. Love that perseverance, just kind of pushing through and ignoring the nose and making things happen. Even if the, even if the haters and the doubters come in and say so on that note, what's going to be willed through and what's going to be pushed forward in year two, what are the hopes, what are the kind of the dreams and, and what are you aspiring to accomplish with, you know, you and Catherine as the, as the leaders of this team and, and try to accomplish moving forward with Cheeky Bonsai. Look for, look out for a lot of fun new products. Um, uh, we have, we have some exciting stuff in the pipeline, you know, just overall, um, retail expansion and, and, and moving forward on our, on our, uh, mission to, to reinvent, sex ed and with all of our educational content, we're going to be leaning into that. Um, so you can, you can look out for us on, um, on, you know, on both fronts, like you mentioned at the beginning. Um, and we're, we're just really excited to charge forward in our, in our mission to, to reimagine everyday women's health. Well, I envision everybody listening to this probably now wants to figure out where they can support and where they can kind of come through and follow for educational purposes and and also the products. I know you've mentioned before being in Target, in retail. Uh, of course, you have your website as well. So where can people, what states are you in and in, in Target? Where can people kind of go in and buy your products from a retail perspective? Where can they kind of get them online on that front as well? So you can find us at cheekybonsai.com. Um, you can, you can check out to see, you know, if we're in a target near you, um, on target.com. Um, and those are, those are the two best ways to find us right now. Awesome. Awesome. Fantastic. And then how about social media? What's, uh, the usernames, the tags, the handles, whatever they're uh, calling them these days. Uh, 
at Cheeky Bonsai. You can find us on TikTok and Instagram at Cheeky Bonsai. There you have it, at Cheeky Bonsai on TikTok and Instagram. Of course, we'll make that easy for you. Drop that into the show notes as well as links to the website and links to their availability on Target to figure out if you can just do a hop, skip, and a jump to a store near you and get that product today as well. So Elise, anything else that you would like to add here uh, about uh, Cheeky Bonsai or about your mission or anything of that nature that we may have missed? No, but it's been a real pleasure. Um, Thanks so much for for having me and for having us. And we're just super excited about every opportunity to talk about, you know, um, uh, democratizing everyday women's health. The pleasure is mine. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast and and explaining and talking about the importance of the education around women's health in addition to having these fantastic products that help women on a daily basis and and, and people that have vaginas and things of that nature as well to, to kind of move forward with and have a much better day-to-day life in that sense. And then, of course, from the educational perspective. So thank you so much for coming on the show, Elise. Thank you, Will. That is the co-founder and CEO of Cheeky Bonsai joining us here on the Talking Solutions podcast, Ms. Elise Orthwine. And that is going to wrap up this edition. As she mentioned, you can certainly follow them on TikTok at Cheeky Bonsai, on Instagram as well at Cheeky Bonsai. You can check out their products, more about their mission. They have great blog content as well. And you can check that out at CheekyBonsai.com. And then, of course, go to Target and uh, search for a product that's near, or see if the store near you has their products in store on that front too. We'll make it all easy for you, of course, and put these in the show notes and, and throughout the link on Instagram and Linktree, things of that nature as well for you as you move forward. And if you enjoyed the episode, as always, would appreciate it if you drop a subscribe and you also drop a review as well. That helps me out and be much appreciated on that front. But I hope everybody enjoys the rest of their week. And I thank you so much for tuning in as always. And we'll talk to you in the next episode of the podcast. Thanks for listening to the Talking Solutions Podcast. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode and check out all of our guests on our website at cheshtech.com. That's C-H-E-S-H-T-E-C-H.com to learn more as we continue our mission of supporting impact-driven founders. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Talking Solutions Podcast and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Talking Solutions. If you liked this episode, I'd really appreciate a review and a recommendation to a friend as we focus on highlighting these great founders and individuals providing solutions to societal problems and bringing optimism into the world.